0: Hello, this is episode 56 of the Travelling Image Makers podcast with Hugo Che and Ralph Velasco. Actually, this time it's only me who go on the show because it proved impossible with our respective busy schedules and especially with that of our guests for this week to find a time where we could all be at the same time on the show. At the only time that our guest was available, uh, Ralph happened to be on a flight from Tokyo back home to Chicago, and so he couldn't make it. But he will be back next week with uh, with more guests. So about our guest, as we said, uh, he's a quite a busy guy. And uh, he is uh, Ken Kamineski, a name that many of you will recognize. And he was busy because he was in the process of launching his latest uh, initiative, that is a photo tours uh, company called Discovery Photo Tours. So it was just naturally that we would uh, spend the time of this conversation mostly talking about uh, um, commercial issues, uh, what it takes to make ends meet commercially and financially with photography in this brave new world. Ken is a veteran commercial travel photographer, Fujifilm Global Ambassador, Zeiss Lens Ambassador, writer, consultant, and entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in the photography industry. If you'd like to know more about Ken, see some of his images, and uh, find links to all the things we mentioned during this conversation, you can head to our website at ttim.photo/56. And if you would like to leave us an honest review on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. You can find a link for that as well on the website. And also, we would love to have your comments and questions to ask uh, guests for next episodes or anything that you would like to know about travel photography and any answers that you would like to get out of this uh, show. So thanks again for being with us this week. And now on to our conversation with Ken Kamineski.
1: Well, thank you for having me and thank you for your patience. Um, You know, the things that do get in the way of these kinds of things for me are usually trips and travel and photography and the things that allow me to do what I love to do in life. And sometimes that makes it difficult for me to commit to dates because, my God, this is uh, very much a roller coaster of a life and you never know what's going to come. You know, in a week, a month, or even sometimes tomorrow. So, thank you again for your patience.
0: You're, you're welcome, and thank you for for being our guest today and accepting our invitation. It's uh, always uh, always admire your work. Been following you for for some time on your blog, and it's uh, it's great to be talking to you in person and uh, picking your brains, so to speak. Excellent. And uh, by the way, you are busy these days because you were uh, about to launch uh, a new uh, initiative enterprise can you tell us a little bit about it if you want
1: yeah i'm very excited about this so after many years of running photography tours in different incarnations and many different locations all over the world um, i started a new company called discovery photo tours and you can find us at discoveryphototours.com. dot com and it's Myself and several other photographers, and my business partner who's uh, comes from outside the photography industry but has a passion for photography that uh, we started this, and uh, we're looking at two thousand and seventeen to be running photography tours in places like Iceland, Jordan, Namibia, Italy, which I think is close to your heart yep. um, <laughs> and actually the, uh, actually and physically
0: few- close to where I am. <laughs>
1: So a lot of really cool places to, to share the passion of photography and travel with the people that sign up to come and join us, with a lot of really talented photographers from all over the world as well. Um, and we're looking to expand and do things in more places, but we were looking to do this in a way that uh, I think far surpasses anything I've done in the past. So we're, we're trying to take this up a level where we're not just offering people um, you know a photography experience. I really want people to have an overall life experience in the places that they get to travel to so that those images that they look back on, uh, you know, years after taking them actually have some substance and some meaning to them. So that to me is a very important thing about travel and photography and and travel photography in particular. Uh, You know, it's nice to get great images, but it's just wonderful to have those images be meaningful to you and remind you of the people that you were with or the experiences that you had And if you always have your camera in front of your face, I don't think you you can have those experiences uh, that are going to make those photos special. You still may get some spectacular photos, of course, but I want everyone who comes on these tours with me and the other photographers that will be running them to be able to appreciate the culture of the place, uh, the people that they meet, the art, the history uh, the food, everything that has special meaning in a particular place. And we look to celebrate that in each of the destinations that we travel to and make sure that people get a better understanding so that they can really, you know, get that sense that their photos uh, are impactful for, for many years to come, for the rest of their lives.
0: Can you share some of the names of the people who will be leading tours with you?
1: Sure. So we have Patrick DeFrucia, who's an exceptionally talented um, nature and landscape photographer from Canada. Uh, we have Deborah Sandage from the United States, from Florida, who's, uh, you know, an international photographer for many years. She's written a book, a bit literally on infrared photography and, and does spectacular work in that sense, but also in terms of just traditional travel as well. And she's, uh, an excellent educator who's been teaching, you know, classes and workshops all over the place as well for, for many, many years we have malcolm fackender from uh australia who has been running photography tours in africa and southeast asia for close to a decade now and has incredible experience doing that so we're we're thrilled to have malcolm on board with us glenn lavender as well from australia who um does more traditional workshops as a rule but we're we're bringing glenn in to to be running tours with us as well as looking to to promote some of the workshops that he does in the future as well. So Glenn is excellent in terms of doing everything in camera. Like he, he's a people photographer and his images that come straight out of the camera with, um, you know, artificial light look like they've been photoshopped already. And that's something we really want to be able to share with the the participants that come on the tours that Glenn runs for us. We have, uh, You know, we have so many places and so many people that we're we're looking to work with. We have uh, Stian Klo from from Norway that, um, you know, will be coming with us to do some photography and and lead some tours in places outside of where he's from. So Stian's from Norway and and, uh, has spectacular images from up in the Nordic areas. And, you know, we're thrilled to have him on board. We have Karen Hutton, who, again, another wonderful educator and, and someone who has a deep passion for photography and, uh, I'm thrilled to have women leaders on, on, on board as well. And we're looking to, to bring in a few more potentially in the future as well, because I think that's an important thing moving forward with photography. We're seeing so many more younger women getting excited about photography and I'd love to have more women be able to offer that kind of sense of comfort to, to younger women who want to join us on these tours and, uh, get a sense that, you know, they can, uh, feel comfortable and, and feel impassioned and empowered by a woman who's an exceptionally talented photographer and educator.
0: Yeah, that's very important, I think, because when uh, we guys tend to congregate together, we tend to be sometimes be a bit of a nerdy bunch Yep, um, <laughs> that sometimes can be off putting to women and to have the a women lead a tour or to have more women in a tour tends to, I think to tame our instincts a bit and that makes everything a little bit better.
1: (laughs) And I think it also makes men comfortable to have a woman there as well. So all of our tours are going to have two photography leaders and that I think is exceptional too. So it's not just one person that's taking charge. Uh, It's two photography leaders and one tour guide from the location that we travel to. So we have experts in the locations where we're from that we partner with on the ground over there. Um, so if it's someone from Namibia, they know the country, they know the landscape, they know the animals, they know about, you know, where we're going to photograph. They can tell you about the history of uh, Namibia. And the same thing applies in Italy, but in a very different way. So we have someone who can speak the language in Italy for those who can't. We have um, different guides in, for different days where we take people to museums, where we take them to wineries, where we take them to historic sites. And we have, you know, archaeologists explain to us. The history of the Colosseum and, and walk us through the Roman Forum and uh, make us get a better understanding of how important, you know, all of what is in Rome. Uh, it, you know, how how vastly important that is to Western civilization as a whole. Uh, the art that we get to see in Florence at the Uffizi and the Academia. Uh, I mean, this is just world-class museums. We skip the lines there and we have art historians come in and give us these tours and tell us behind-the-scenes stories about Michelangelo and Giotto and Caravaggio and all the wonderful Renaissance artists that, you know, we get a chance to see their work and to stand in front of the statue of David uh, and finally be able to get a chance to photograph it. You can as of this year. Um, You know, that's exciting for us and to have these people share their passionate stories about Italy. Uh, you know, that that's just wonderful. And this happens everywhere we go, whether it's Iceland, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's Namibia, whether it's Jordan. Uh, all of these places that we go to have these local leaders that uh, complement the photography leaders that we have. So it's a real team effort to make sure that people have the best possible time.
0: So with two photographer plus one local guide and all those activities, it looks like it's, um, I mean, pretty high-end Affair. I mean, is this something that you did on purpose to distinguish your offering from the current plethora of uh, workshops and tours that is on the market? And uh, what what would you suggest to to people who are, are looking for joining a workshop, joining a tour? What kind of uh, uh, criteria they should uh, uh, look for into when there it comes to a choice?
1: I think a lot of people look for, you know, something that's cheap right off the bat, but that's usually you get what you pay for. And we want to set ourselves apart from somebody who's just offering, uh, come with me and I'll take you to stand in front of some places to take some pictures. Um, And a lot of people who do this, a lot of photographers who actually run workshops and tours, they're not licensed to sell, you know, these things that that requires special insurance. it, It requires being bonded. It requires you know, state certification, depending upon where you're running your company. Um, You know, we we take care of all of these things. We make sure that we're doing everything above board. And not only that, but then, you know, we go the extra mile to make sure that this is more like an all-inclusive kind of a deal. So once you step off the plane, you know, we pick you up at the airport and we drop you off, in most cases, where where that's possible. Um, And from the time you get to, you know, the destination, we include meals, we include hotels, we include all the activities. Um, There may be a few things that are optional because of, you know, potential weather or things that people may want or not want to do, like hot air balloon rides and things of that nature. But other than that, everything is included. So you don't have to think about anything. And I think that for people who especially are amateur photographers with full-time work, um, they just don't have the time to, to organize these things. And to do them efficiently and properly would take crazy amount of time so you do get what you pay for and your time has to be valued as money too so people who are working all the time again you know may not be able to put this together uh and it may not be because they can't but it's just they don't have the time and i think that's something that we can quickly take away from from people's responsibility and let them have that sense of breathing easy once they get to the destination
0: and also it looks like uh for many photographers today, leading tours and workshops has become the the main source of income in a world where the image itself is uh, is worth so much less than it uh, than it used to be. Um, in in this respect, do you have any advice to aspiring travel photographers who want to break through commercially or make a living beside the, yes, as I said, leading tours, which you cannot uh, start doing one from one day to the next. It needs a lot of organization. What other avenues for for commercial success do you see possible today?
1: You know, my, my first bit of advice, uh, and people may not want to hear it, but it's get ready for a rough ride. Uh-huh. This is not an easy business to be in. And, uh, you know, I've learned the hard way by getting into this. Uh, And I think ignorance was bliss for me going into this about seven years ago, trying to change my life in photography. I've been in the business for almost 25 years now. And, uh, you know, uh, my career has changed several times in terms of what I photograph and and how I run my business. And the photography tours uh, have really changed, I think, the way I do run my business. You, You said something very accurately about images not having the value they used to have. And that's so completely true. Uh, I used to do a lot of stock photography, and that was my main source of income for, for over 10 years. And so in 2008, when the whole economic crisis hit the world, this was also a time where the major stock agencies like Corbis and Getty had pretty much finished up buying all of the smaller stock photography agencies in the world. And that killed you know what I was doing because the Last agency I'd worked with had just got purchased by Getty. And to make you know a long story short, I had to find something else to do with my career. And uh, while there still is a bit of money to be made in stock, I, I don't see too many people being able to make a good living at it. You have to be extremely prolific. Um, and for travel photography, let's face it, you know you have to travel to places. It's not inexpensive to do that. Um, so if somebody wants to get into this today, i have a plan B. This may or may not work for you. Um, you know, if, if you can do something on a part-time level to get started at this, um, then that's, that's maybe another way to look at it. Uh, you have to make sure that you can afford the life and the lifestyle in terms of time and money and support from family and friends. I remember a few years ago, I, I got an email from someone who asked me, you know, how he could be a travel photographer. And he gave me his situation. He's got basically two jobs, three kids, and, you know, he's just barely making ends meet. And, I, I really had no way to give him any good advice because basically I don't think he could do it. And that's the best advice I could give him is your situation does not allow you that opportunity. And in my position, I am I was single. Um, I, I have no kids and I have the freedom to be able to make choices that don't affect other people. So, you know, if I had the responsibility of family and children and, and that kind of stuff, well, then let's face it, this would not have been a viable career choice for me. I don't think he liked that as an answer. Um, but I'd rather be honest with people rather than tell them something that, you know, will make them feel good. I, I, I find it disingenuous when I hear other photographers say, oh, you know, you can do it. Anyone can do it. And it's not true. Not anyone can do this. You know, it's, I can't be A a rocket scientist or a neurosurgeon, Um, and I'm not comparing photography to either of those things. But I'm just saying that each job has criteria and limitations and specifics that it takes in terms of what it takes to make it happen, and not everyone can do this. So if you can't do it as something as a job, my suggestion is: is do it like so many amateur photographers are doing today as a passion, and that may be the segue into a career in this. So, you know, you're not just diving in head first and you're doing the travel photography that you love and perhaps even coming on a tour and perhaps with me (laughs) And, and getting a better sense of what it takes to be on the road and to do this kind of stuff. Now, the kind of opportunities we offer on the tours is very different than doing it on your own. Everything is planned out, and we have you already in front of all the great places that we'd love you to photograph. And there's always opportunities for spontaneous things as well. But you know, you give yourself the best fighting chance to get that on on one of these tours. If you do it on your own, it's much more challenging.
0: Yep, and uh, you're basically taking words out of my, my mouth because what I wanted to to suggest next was indeed the fact that it, it doesn't have to be a job necessarily. I mean it can remain a passion and for for many people keeping it a passion is probably the, the the way to go even if you have a boring nine to five job uh it's probably a mistake to think that you can just uh, get into photography professionally full-time and have fun and go out and take photographs all day and so on uh, it's a lot of, of menial work i think and uh to maintain a photography business. And I think did... that's,
1: that's a perfect thing to look at, too. Hugo. And, and, and w- one of the things that most people from the outside looking in don't really think about is that very little of what I actually do with my work is taking pictures. Most of it is organization, answering emails, doing paperwork, doing all the other things that other people who have those day jobs that think my job is so awesome... Um, I do the same kind of stuff that they do, but I just get a chance to do the travel photography as well. Um, I work long hours every day, most weekends. Um, and that's not for everyone. So, you know, the dedication has to be there in terms of the time that you can commit to this. And there's many times that I wish that, of course, I could be spending more time with family and friends and, uh, taking a step away from the computer, but that's just the life that, you know i chose
0: basically that means being an entrepreneur and that has a uh, characteristics that are common to, to many professions not just photography you want to be an entrepreneur you want you need to do your to know how to do a specific job with a specific skill but you also need to do marketing you need to do uh, business management uh, customer relationship management uh, bookkeeping and, and all that stuff yeah it's a uh, Fourteen hours, days, and, uh, and stuff yep. like that are not uncommon. But that's
1: that's one of the things I. I whenever I'm asked the question of what would you offer, you know, uh, an aspiring photographer as one piece of advice, my my answer is always the same. It's take business courses mm-hmm. um, because this is a business, and you're you're going to be loving what you do in terms of your photography, but you may not really know how to run the business or how to market yourself or how to do social media or how to write properly or how to. Network and all of these things are extremely important because, like you said, you're an entrepreneur, you're not just a photographer. And the people you're dealing with, in terms of clients, those people are businessmen and women, Mm -hmm. and they will eat you alive as an artist because they know you love what you do and that you'd probably do it for free. But you can't do that, you have bills to pay, so you have to be able to speak their language and get a chance to put yourself on perhaps a more even playing field. Uh, with them by getting a better understanding of how to run a business.
0: And I think this ties into what I was—I uh, wanted to, to talk about next, and uh, that is going the extra mile, because you, you said that before, and that was also the title of a, a blog post you wrote a few years ago that I found very inspiring. And you, you need to go the extra mile when you are being a businessman. You need to Put in long hours and do all that stuff. Uh, can you maybe expand a bit more, but more related to to photography, especially? What does it mean for you to go the extra mile, and what what does it take to to get that great picture that only a few people can take?
1: Uh, yeah, that's I think something that I struggle with, just like everybody else. And it's very easy to write these things down on a blog post, but. When I write these things, a lot of times I write them for me and as a reminder that I need to be able to keep pushing myself to, to those extra limits and um, you know that I have to go the extra mile if I want to have success. Like so many other people, uh, you know, I'm never satisfied with the work that I do. I always want to be better. I always want to strive to you know have more success, whether it's take better photos or do better in business or um, sell more tours or inspire more people or whatever the case of success may be that day. And, you know, it, it's not by sitting, you know, in front of the TV and binge watching you know, your your favorite new Netflix episode of whatever it is you're watching that's going to make you a success. Yes, you need to take breaks and, and you need to be able to relax once in a while and that's healthy. But, you need to love what you do. And I think that's one of the things that the photographers I work with that I know, we all have this in common. Um, we, we don't quit. You mentioned the 14 hour days and yeah, we do that and we don't even think about it. That just, that becomes the new normal. Um, when you travel, you're hit with jet lag. You're, you're beat up by the time you travel across the the world to another place. And all you want to do is get off the plane and go to sleep. But sometimes it, that, that's not where you're going to get your shot. You know, I think I wrote in, in, in that post something to the effect of no one remembers the nights they had plenty of sleep. Uh, and I think that's very true. It's, it's, you know, if you if you stay up late one night or, or wake up, you know, at three o'clock in the morning to travel two hours to get to sunrise somewhere the next day, um, just so you can get that shot that nobody else is going to get, it's pretty amazing. And I'm sure you've done that too. You stand in front of these amazing places uh, and even in the middle of a big city like Rome or Paris or Barcelona, and, and you go there at four in the morning and you wait for blue hour and, and for sunrise, and you'll be alone in front of the Eiffel Tower, in front of the Colosseum, in front of Sagrada Familia, and, you know, in front of so many iconic, historic, beautiful places. And you get that shot and the sun comes up and you've got killer clouds and you, know, you just want to jump up and down. And sometimes I do. Uh, it's a wonderful feeling to be able to do that. And the reason we get those shots is because we, you know, made sure we didn't get that sleep that night and we went out early or stayed out late and we, we got there when no one else was there or you hike somewhere for, for a day to be able to get one photograph. And you know, the, those men and women who are, you know, amazing nature landscape photographers, they, they do it in their way where they, they live in the elements. They go and they camp out for a day or two or three just to wait for magic light. And that's what the extra mile is. Um, I think I also quoted Wayne Dyer on that um, on that blog post. And that, that was a really wonderful quote. He says, it never gets crowded along the extra mile. I think that's just so apropos.
0: Yeah, that great quote. Okay, so... but. I mean, I don't want to give the impression that uh, what you do and what other people do and me too in a in you know, at a very smaller scale, it's all grinding and hustling and burning the midnight oil. I mean there are great you know, moments and uh
1: otherwise we do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, otherwise we wouldn't do it. Uh or we would do it for the hope of something better future. But yes. anyway, um uh, there are also great moments and especially being a travel photographer not being uh, I mean if you're a product photographer you're in the studio all day I can imagine it gets a bit boring but we've chosen to, to travel and to travel to photograph and to photograph to travel so that also means going to, to great places and uh, that in itself is uh, is rewarding I think so I wanted to ask you do you have any trips planned next? what great places are you going to?
1: I, I do, and and then there's always those inadvertent trips that just seem to happen, but right now in the plans, um, I'm leaving next week for China, and uh, that's exciting. So I've, I was there earlier this year for some speaking uh, engagements that I had for Format High Tech, and um, then... Uh, that was just a, a short week and during those kinds of things it, it really doesn't get you a chance to go and see the things that you want to see so this time it's actually more of a personal trip I'm going uh, with my girlfriend and her kids and uh, this is going to be a really cool life experience to be able to go and uh, travel like a family and, and see things you know in that way along with you know a camera so uh, I'm gonna pack lighter I'm gonna try and make sure that I do this in a way that Allows me to have both the personal experiences and the photography experiences I want. And uh, that's going to be really cool. So I'm going to be able to photograph pandas. I'm going to big cities like Shanghai and Beijing. And I'm going to those crazy mountains that look like they float in the sky like an avatar. I can never pronounce the name of that place. So I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, But yeah, so a lot of new experiences there that I'm very excited about. I'm going to Norway for the first time in uh, February next year. Um, so that, again, you know, whenever I'm asked what my favorite place is uh, that I've, you know, that i photographed or what, what is my favorite place, it, it's always the next place. And, and so these are next places for me. And so these are uh, trips that I'm thrilled about. Sometimes if I go back to the same place over and over again, it's nice and I love it. And, you know, I go back because I do love those places. But the excitement of going somewhere for the first time is always really thrilling. After that, I'll be in Iceland, uh, in Italy, in Jordan, um, later on in the year in Vietnam. Uh, and hopefully, I'm looking at Scotland as well. So, a lot of... It looks like a big travel year in 2017, and I'm very thrilled about all of that.
0: Right. Maybe when you come down to Italy, we might meet up. Drink some wine.
1: <laughs> That's a good idea.
0: Before we... Uh, close this i would like to ask you uh, if you would like to suggest the name of another photographer that you greatly admire for our listeners to to look at
1: i'm always inspired by people who do things that uh, i don't necessarily do or can't do or, or or just people who you know have this aptitude for doing something incredibly special and to me right now, um, I think my favorite photographer in the world is Nick Brandt. Um, and here's a man who, uh, started his career, uh, in Hollywood and was filming a lot of videos for celebrities like Michael Jackson. And in fact, it was, uh, I think during a Michael Jackson video shoot in Africa that he decided to change his life and he fell in love with the landscape and the animals and um, if you go to his website at nickbrandt.com, you'll, you'll see he, his work is just so touching and heartwarming uh, and beautiful. Um, it's all black and white. It's all uh, about the, the life in East Africa of the animals that live there. So, uh, and he's even started a foundation called Big Life Africa, which has raised millions of dollars uh, for the anti-poaching squads in Africa to help mm. stop the ivory trade. And uh, that to me is something that's incredibly beautiful as well. And um, I'd love to find a way to incorporate some of the kind of philosophy that he has in what he does in in some of my work moving forward. And I'm hoping to be able to do that with Discovery Photo Tours. Um, And, you know, it's so touching to look at the the portraits of the animals that he has, and especially the elephants, where you can actually go on his website. And at least at one point he was – some of the images that he had taken of these elephants had the captions underneath of killed by a poacher, you know, December, uh, 2012 killed by a poacher, May, 2010. Uh, and and it breaks your heart to see these things. And the way he photographs these animals is just such a beautiful tribute to them. They look like Victorian portraits. Um, it looks like it can't be real, but it is. It's, it's, he shoots these animals with, You know, he doesn't even use telephoto lenses. He gets right up close to them, and that includes leopards and lions and elephants and all these animals that could literally kill you if they decided to. But I don't know. He must be some sort of a whisper. And when you take a look at his work, you can understand, I think, why I've fallen in love with it.
0: Yeah, I have. I have one of his books. I think it's Shadow Falls. Right. And it's something that I I go back uh, again and again from time to time to to look at it because it's uh it's so great and it's something that it it needs to be experienced in print those books at least that one but i assume his other books are equally the same quality level it's uh, it's very it's very fine art very curated very uh, amazingly printed and uh, you need to see it on a book you don't if you see it on the web i mean yeah you get a a pale idea of what his work is like Right, I'd to love see to see
1: some of these things in giant prints, I'm yeah, sure that's yeah. spectacular so the next time he has a show uh, here in New York, I'd love to be able to go it's, uh, that's on that one of my bucket list things to do is be able to get a chance to uh, to see some of his work up and close
0: absolutely, great, great work so um, where can people go and find more about you, you said uh, Discovery Tours um,
1: discoveryphototours.com Spotify is tours. the new company for the photography tours that I'll be running along with my colleagues and uh, for my website my personal website is kenkamineski.com uh, and you can also go to blog.kenkamineski.com for uh, more recent up-to-date writings and stuff and and I've actually had to put the blog aside for, for this year to for a good part of the year just simply because I've been so concentrated on building the new company but starting in January, that's certainly something I want to get back to in in greater detail. And I miss writing, I miss sharing, you know, images and stories and thoughts. And um, that's something I think also that helped me get to, to, to where I wanted to be in this part of my career and in the travel photography sphere. And I think that may even be the last little bit of advice I can give to people is don't just take pictures, but tell people about your pictures, tell people about you know, even about your struggle, tell tell them about your successes, tell them about your passion for photography, and um, just start. No one's going to be reading it at the beginning, you know, and yeah. at the end, who knows what can happen. I've made so many good friends in the travel blogging world in terms of the people who write some very successful travel blogs, and I knew them when at the same time, you know, and very few people were reading what they, they did, and, and very few people were following them, and now they have millions of readers and and followers on social media and they've been able to turn this into a nice interesting you know career that is so different than what anybody else does so you know there is hope and I I, I never meant to be negative or down about anything I just wanted people to be realistic about what you can do and you can do wonderful things and and share things and uh, build a new career uh, if that's what you want But do it, you know, with a plan. And uh, I think with that in mind, so much more can be accomplished. And and the one thing that, that resonated from what you said to me on this talk that we've had is that you don't need to do this professionally to enjoy it and to have passion for it. And some of the people I know who are some of the best photographers I know are amateur photographers who just do this because they have passion for it. And they actually may even have more time to go out and photograph than many of the photographers I know because they finish their jobs and they can concentrate on editing and then take their weekends and go out shooting and their vacation times are set up for that. Um, and that can lead into something bigger and better on the professional side in the future. So, um, you know, keep, keep passion in your heart and keep photographing and, you know, good things can happen.
0: Great. I love that we, I mean, it looks like we, we share so many common ideas and I knew that from the start, from reading what you, what you wrote in your blog and so on. So it's uh, it's been a great, uh, great pleasure for me to to finally be able to to talk to you in person. So I would like to thank you again for being our guest today. It's been awesome. Is there anything else you would like to add before we say goodbye?
1: Well, I just want to thank you uh, again for sticking with me while I was busy on the road and busy developing this new company and finally really happy to be able to sit down and take some time to to have a nice chat. And let's hope, like you said, we can do that over a glass of wine in Italy the next time I'm in your beautiful country.
0: Would be awesome. Okay. So goodbye for now. Take care. Thank you. Bye.